Hi, everybody. Uh, it is Sunday at 3 p.m. Mountain Time, and we are recording a, a little message to go on the front of an episode that we recorded earlier this week. Uh, if you are on Facebook, you have probably seen by now the very sad news that our dear friend and longtime co-host Mike Frizzell uh, has died and not in the way we usually joke about him having died I was reflecting that that that's very unfortunate seems somewhat callous but yeah actually I don't know I don't think it is because I as I've been thinking over the last uh, several hours since we learned this news or as, as it's broken here um, I, I think that there are two things that Mike would not want for us to do. The first is to ever pass up a punchline. <laughs> True. 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 <laughs> and the other is to not have the show come out this yes. week. Because yes. he was the biggest stickler in all of his years on the show of making sure that if we said we were going to have a show out on Monday, that we had a show out on Monday. And so we have decided to go ahead and put out our show this Monday even though we have uh, had absolutely no time to process what is happening here. And so that will happen on uh, a future episode, probably the next episode. I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll have our heads in a better space in the next week. Yeah. Um, um, I do think it is extremely appropriate that one of the movies we discuss in this episode is Roadhouse. <laughs> I think Mike would really appreciate that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Guffman. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I actually, if I remember correctly, Mike was a big proponent of this series, correct? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. The, yeah, the road trip spectacular. So, you know, we have a lot to thank for, obviously. I mean, we'll discuss it more in the coming weeks, but um, he brought a lot to our lives. He was yep. a cranky old man, but he was wonderful in a lot of ways. Right. Well, yeah, I, d I don't know that we would even know one another. No. If not for Mike's intervention and for bringing sure. us all together. But uh, we will, as as Mike would say, keep our powder dry on that uh, for for probably next week or something. And I'm sure this will be quite the ongoing thing. But um, uh, all of the information that's available is, is basically available on Facebook. There isn't anything to share here that that we know that other people don't know. So, you know, we know that Mike was ill and that it was sudden and, and that that's that. So... Um, if we learn more, we will share it. And keep Emily and Colin. And the pets. The menagerie in your oh thoughts. Oh, Lord, the menagerie. I know. All of that yeah. hair that needs to be swept. Oh, yeah. goodness. It's going to be a lot of feeding, a lot of sweeping. <laughs> um, and uh, like I said, it's it's 3 o'clock mountain right now on Sunday. So um, Meredith's in bed. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so enjoy the show and um, uh, whatever you do to put positive energy in the world send it to the Frizzells and yeah. we need to find some more fence painters yeah, <laughs> in honor of Mike <laughs>
Coming to you from Waterworld Studios in the historic Center Square neighborhood of Albany, New York, where I am so glad I will not be sharing a bed with Grandma Turner. I'm Bobby Pape, and this show has everything. We're taking our movie road trip back out into the great southwest mid-what? I don't remember what we called this section. Oklahoma, Missouri, and Kansas. And joining me in whatever ridiculous vehicle we're in at these days, probably still Hillary's minivan. <laughs> yes. Uh, in the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, where it's always 67 degrees with a 40% chance of rain, it's Ann Lundholm. Good evening, Ann. Hello, Bobby. In fact, it's 70, but close enough. No, it's always 67 degrees. Not in this reality. Chance of rain. Not in this crop circle. <laughs> and in Money Pit Studios in Detroit, Michigan, it's Meredith Van Harn where she's always nice until it's time to not be nice. Good evening, Meredith. <laughs> That's me. Don't get on my bad side, guys. <laughs> and in the no-name studios in Linwood, Washington, where she definitely knows what exacerbate means, it's Christy Wise. Good evening, Christy. Hello. <laughs> and finally, in the middle-aged Momish studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary Livingston Butler. Say chicken Fritos pie, Hillary. <laughs> All I know is I am definitely a cool girl. That was actually what I wrote for yours. <laughs> until I remembered the Chicken Fritos pie line. That's right. We're uh, covering quite the spectrum of films that take us to Oklahoma, Missouri, and Kansas. But before we do that, we'll do some small talk. Your mailbag, including your favorite method of marshmallow delivery. And of course, afterwards, we'll tell you how you can get involved with the show. And she recommends, hey, look, I found a new order to do it all in. And yes, I said Missouri, which I only do as an affect. <laughs> I know it's not Missouri. Uh, when I was young, I took a trip to St. Louis, and I was with other people who had kids around my age. And so, of course, we were shoved off together to play or whatever. And all the kids just said, it's not Missouri, it's misery. Oh, I mean, oh. I've been there, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. statement. <laughs> uh, but before we get there, uh, Hillary, take us into some small talk. Yes, uh, just a little bit of small talk today. Um, I thought, um, <clears throat> well, first and foremost, I I guess this maybe is a HIPAA violation, but I want to disclose and encourage everybody. Uh, my kids got vaccinated this week, or their first half of vaccination. Woo woo. Children don't yeah. have rights. Not and a HIPAA violation. I'm teasing. Applies to healthcare organizations. Doctor came on and said, "Clearing houses and insurance companies." I know. I know. Um, no, I was. Um, I was really excited. So they were actually supposed to go on Wednesday um, to get it done at Walgreens. And, um, but they were going to the doctor. I mean, it was this whole whatever with their doctor being very frustrated because once the uh, FDA approved, I guess they got like a thousand calls, you know, coming in and they emailed everybody like, stop calling. We'll tell you when it's here. <laughs> and then they emailed and said, you know, here are you know, some, t some time slots. Well, they were next week. So I already had the Walgreens one done. So I was like, oh, whatever, they'll go to Walgreens. But the kids were going in to get their flu shot on Monday. Dave was taking them. So I was like, hey, while you're there, just like ask that they could, you know, like, <laughs> like just get it on in them. Yeah, hook and, me up. <laughs> yeah. And um, anyway, so he did. Um, they, 
and they were like, oh, yeah, like, did you want to do that? And he's like, well, yeah. And they said, well, you didn't tell us that. And he's like, well, yeah, because you emailed me yelling at me to stop calling. <laughs> um, anyway, so I, the kids were, I think, a little, like, s- upset because they weren't, you know, mentally prepared for a shot. And I'm like, it's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt. Anyway, but the kids both did great. Um, Bridget was really tired that night um, and went to bed, like, at 730 or something. And Rory's arm hurt. Oh, like, no. You know. I know. Wow. Oh. Um, but they, Get the COVID uh, shot every night. I know. Seriously. <laughs> Linda's like, get it in there. But they did really well. And they felt fine the next day. So, And they were proud to, um, you know, tell their friends for that them. they got down. No, it was really, yeah. it was really exciting. Um, so we have our next shot on November 30th and you know, whatever they get like candy and shit. Like it's they're whatever they get. It's good. It's, it's good. And I'm happy by Christmas it'll, you know, they'll be fully vaxxed. So it is very exciting. That must um, be such a relief. It is. And you know, and I know it's like kids don't get it as bad and kids, but they're the ones that are the most exposed because they're the ones that really go to, you know, they go yeah. to school every day mm-hmm. and they're doing stuff. They're playing with their friends and I don't want them to get sick i don't want them well, to... and kids have gotten sick and died yeah. like it's not an impossibility no so. and you know the long haul stuff i don't want them yeah. to do that so children whatever. are sticky and disgusting yes. and anything we can do to minimize this I mean, is ideal i have i have witnessed my child take a dump not bridget the other one and <laughs> come out come out Dave? and be like yeah <laughs> and come out and be like i'm ready to go and i'm like Bebop your way back into the bathroom, sir. You need to wash your hands. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, wait, wait, wait. What did he say? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> this Sorry. Morning, I this thought morning. you were doing uh, a Sylvester Stallone impression. It's a woe well, impression. It's a woe impression. Well, I know, but it, it just sort of had this attitude to it. I forgot. <laughs> he, this morning, he also asked me if I watched Good, Good Morning America. I was like, no. <laughs> I'm um, uh, Rick Smith Jr., his favorite card throwing guy, has been on both the Today Show and a Good Morning America. So I think he's like, is this something that grownups watch? The card throwing yeah. guy from Slack? Yes. He- <laughs> yes. As seen on Slack. <laughs> no, I'm sad I didn't watch it. It's my I only know. point of reference, but he's so good at throwing cards. He's so good. He's so suave. Um, the only other thing that I was going to say is um, I had kind of dropped this, but. You know, in the, gosh, when was this? Like in the winter, springtime, you know, Bridget and I were watching movies together, like, you know, teen teen movies. Um, and Dave was out. I think Dave was going to see a movie on Saturday night. So I thought, oh, the kids and I'll watch something together. And I I don't know what I why I'd been thinking about it, but I was like, oh, we can watch Big. That would be fun. You know, they'll, they'll like it. At first they were like, we don't want to watch this. And I said, you'll like it. Don't worry. And they did both really enjoy it. Though I did forget. Yeah. <laughs> that there's like, well, it's disturbing on several levels. One, mm-hmm. I was just like, I am, and I'm not that prude with the kids, but I'm like, I need to, he like touches her boob. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just a make out. Like, it's the <laughs> it's 80s. Like, yeah, it was very like, uh, like erotic moment okay so that's fine I was just like y'all turn your head real quick and they're not you know they're like ew gross so they do but also it just and you know I've thought about this before but it, it is like <laughs> he's 13 and I know she doesn't know that but it is kind of weird yeah I got a really <laughs> yucky feeling when we yeah watching it now it. Back then, like, it was so child. cool. 
Oh, I know. Back then, you're like, yeah, he's such a grown up. Gets a trampoline in his house. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Rory was like, eyes open, like, what is this apartment? His apartment was definitely way cooler than the boob (laughs) part as a kid, yeah. Um, But Anne, I did think about you. I would say (laughs) (laughs) 50-50. I did think about you, Anne, because I was like, oh, David Moscow, he's so cute. He's so he cute. Was so he cute. so yeah. cute. He's so cute. And he, he plays, it's like such a, you know, it's that part in life, like a 13, 12, 13 year old, where you're like, you know, not quite a woman, you know, not yet a girl, oh, wait, not yet a woman, not quite a girl, not yet a woman, but like in the boy <laughs> form, because he's that, you know, he's like interesting girls, but he's still like a kid and it's very sweet and he's so cute. His other punk friend is not as cute, who was also in Overboard, one of my favorite movies as a kid, oh, but, so um, but I just ate a bug, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was, yeah, that they, they they enjoyed it. You know, uh, Overboard also and, more problematic oh, in the current context. So extremely it problem. Oh my god! So yeah, but I loved it. I did ask my mom when we saw that movie, "Is that going to win Best Picture?" And she was like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> um, the only other part about Big is that piano scene, the FAO short scene. It really is like even now, like having seen it a thousand times, it's so good. Like you're like, Oh my God. And it's pretty amazing that they were able to do it. Like how many shots did it take them to do it? It seems like it's a one shot deal. So it's not like they cut it, but it's pretty fantastic. I think that the word iconic is overused today, but I think that's truly an iconic scene. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. And it really, I mean, you know, Tom Hanks had been around like for a while, but that like, it is a star-making performance. He's so good. Yeah, I mean, He's just so when he comes good. out wearing the white tuxedo, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and even Bridget was laughing when he eats the tiny corn things. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. and it's the caviar. Bit. Yeah. Um. All right, Bobby. I think this is you. Yeah. Whatever happened to Joan London? Um. She does like. I think she did like insurance for like hospice care or something like that like she's on some infomercials okay she's gotta have a podcast right (laughs) i'm sure (laughs) i'm sure just thinking about being rory's age and watching good morning america of course yeah (laughs) right uh but that's not the big news my big news is that we got a cat it was bound to happen i was pausing there for fanfare it was bound to happen. I have been encouraging Sam for a while to consider this, but you know, really it, it was up to her because we could have gone to the shelter together. We actually didn't um, because I, I trust her cat sense. You know, that's how she got cupcake. She went and they let all the cats out running around and she sat on the floor and cupcakes sat in her lap. And that was it. And this time was kind of similar. She went to the uh, local SPCA in the Boston area and had seen a listing for fella, our new cat. And, um, she met him and she had been pre-qualified. Like she's buying a car. She had already done all the paperwork before she got there. So she went, uh, last week, Thursday night thinking that she would just get, you know, uh, a meet and greet session. And then yeah, if that's it would... what I thought too, when I got there, Right. <laughs> if it goes well, then, you know, whatever. So the night before she did buy some stuff. So like she had a carrier in the car because we knew this was going to happen eventually. And then as she was finishing up with the visit, they were like, great. So you're taking him. <laughs> and she was like, no, I'm going to come back with my husband and, and we'll come this weekend. And she was like, nope, you're taking him. 
<laughs> so uh, so she did. So she brought home Fella, and I was driving back from Boston that night, and I beat her home, which was weird. I was, you know, that doesn't usually happen that way. And she comes in with a carrier in one hand and a ton of bags of stuff from Petco in the other, and she's just like, I really hoped to beat you home. Here's, <laughs> here's the cat. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> So, uh, Fella is a five-year-old buff tabby, uh, just absolute wow. chonkster. Buff, huh? Yeah, he is. He is massive. <laughs> um, uh, the, his weigh-in paperwork um, is weird. In the last couple of weigh-ins, one says sixteen pounds and one says nineteen pounds. Well, it's in kilograms, but when you convert it, and so one of them is wrong because they were only taken like a week apart. But. Um, uh, just a big, long, thick cat. Uh, and I will post pictures. And uh, his uh, attitude is interesting. He's obsessed with the closet in our living room. And when he gets up on his hind legs, you know, he can wrap his paws up around the doorknob, like completely around it, because uh, he stretches so long. And uh, he'll also just flop on the carpet and just flip back and stretch out like a dog and want you to just pet his belly. Oh, so he is making himself at home. He was skittish for the first couple of days. He's still his favorite sleeping spot, still under the couch. But um, he's been coming out to play more and more. And even I was home last night in Boston just for the one night. And he was quick to hop up in my lap when I was sitting on my old man chair. So <laughs> he's making himself at home quite quickly. If you want to see more pictures of fella, my Facebook page is probably the best place for that. I'll start posting more. But um, we'll I'll put one on the show post at least so that you can all see who I'm talking about. And uh, thank you to Meredith, who has already invited me to multiple Facebook groups for fat and orange cats. <laughs> yep. It's necessary. You're like, well, yeah. it's like some, you know, like, um, like a private group that you're like, not welcome to. <laughs> you this. have like you to said be that. invited by a current member. Right. <laughs> Skull and bones well, for orange cats. Yes, exactly. Well, the orange cat group is called All Orange Cats Share One Brain Cell, which is true... <laughs> I yes. think it's true. And... See, that's why I always like orange cats because they're like dogs. To me. They're like yeah. dummies. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't really like, I always kind of knew Link was an idiot, but like when I joined that group, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this all rings very true. <laughs> He's very vacant behind those eyes. <laughs> uh, one, one fun aside, uh, Sam got a phone call from FedEx, which sounded very scammy a couple of days ago because Somebody tried to send a package to the address and with her cell phone number listed as the phone number, but they couldn't deliver because we weren't home and they kept trying to reach a fella pape. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out that a friend of hers like ordered a Chewy.com order for the cat and they Sam just could not explain to this person that fella was a cat. <laughs> And therefore could not sign for a package <laughs> or call Aww. in to ask about the what package. What if he could? It's like Toonses. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have thumbs? Is he a polydactyl? Uh, yeah. He's got lots of extra digits. Okay. Uh, so he theoretically could sign for it. Yeah. Exactly. We got to work <laughs> on penmanship. Orange. Um, his previous owner had him for about a year and apparently um, surrendered him because she said that he required too much attention. And she did not like his meow. What a monster. Right? Uh, first of all, this cat will get no shortage of attention in our house. Uh, and second of all, we have yet to hear an offensive meow. That's weird. 
uh, you know, the cat occasionally meows, as cats do. Uh, That's pretty normal. uh, Yeah. Yeah. And this person specifically noted that she worked from home and that this was a problem. (laughs) So maybe maybe meowing up too many conference calls or something. But, uh, yep, that's that's Fella. So if you want to see pictures of Fella, come find me because uh, I'm sure that's going to be my entire news feed from now on. <laughs> and he's going to keep the name Fella because I remember that you changed Cupcake's name when you brought her home. Well, we didn't. The shelter changed Cupcake's name because when they brought Cupcake in, the previous – the Cupcake story was that somebody found Cupcake but couldn't keep her because she they were allergic to cats or something. But when they found her, the people who found her, even though they only had her a very short time, named her Brownie. Oh, so it was the shelter that changed it to Cupcake, not you guys. Right, because they brought in this cat and they were like, "Doesn't it's not brown. (laughs) Why why would you name this cat Brownie? So they changed it to Cupcake to uh, enhance her, I don't know, adoptability or something. And uh, that stuck. And it happened to be that uh, my, my... I don't like the term pet name, but my nickname for Sam has always been Cupcake, so it was a bit serendipitous. Um, now it just means I have to start calling Sam Fella. <laughs> <laughs> I think that she should start calling you Sweet. Fella. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we're sticking with Fella because, I don't know, it's the name he came with, and, like, why would we, that why would we mess with that? Yeah, I, I, I would never have picked it, but, right, you know, there's a lot of fun there, so there you go. Well, welcome, all right. fella. welcome fella to the family. And oh, I sent you all the video right before we started of that same package was delivered today. And Sam sent me the video of fella rummaging through all the toys and then tipping the box over on himself. So very much a classic <laughs> cat. <Yeah. laughs> all right. Moving on to the mailbag. Um, well, we got an update from our favorite uh, boomer. And this is very boomerish of him from Bob. He says, I'm not dead yet. Hi, guys. Haven't written in a while. Unfortunately, my cell phone died about three weeks ago. We haven't had time to get a replacement, so I am way behind in listening and haven't been able to grace you with my scintillating comments. Hope all is well. I just love that. I respect it because if my phone died, like, I'm such a, like, it's like, you know, my phone is like an extension of my damn hand that I'd be like, I need need a phone now. Oh, like four hours. Tops. (laughs) Four hours. Help me. I I think I told... When, when we were talking about this, when Sam had her purse stolen in Chicago many years ago, my priority order was make sure she's okay. And then I immediately went to the Verizon store to replace her phone because I could not imagine living her life without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Wait, so he won't be able to hear us read this for a while. <laughs> Did anyone write him no. back? No. Oh, no. no. <laughs> Send him a phone. Ha ha, Bob. we're laughing at you from the past um okay and as far as uh answers to the question of the week your um what is your favorite method of marshmallow delivery um first of all i think that marshmallow is spelled so funnily like i'm Mm -hmm. always like marshmallow like i don't know it it feels weird (laughs) the way that it's spelled but also um i forgot to post the question of the week until today so we have limited responses but we yeah, it's do have your responses. responsibility well, and your I fault <laughs> i did i was like uh, something feels off oh shit we i forgot to post anyways we did get some responses because y'all are lovely um tier says roasted on a stick yeah classic mm-hmm. that yeah uh, and then Mike says, have you ever seen the marshmallow act by the blue man group? And he posted a link to it. Um, no, I haven't watched it, but I'm pretty sure I can 
conjure up what it entails. <laughs> yeah. My brother Matt really loved the Blue Man group for a long time. He wanted to be a Blue Man, but unfortunately he's too tall. Really? Blue Man to be the cer- the perfect state. Yeah, you have to be like between 5'10 and 6'2 or something. You have and to so look exactly like all Yeah, of them. so yeah. Matt would have been the 6'6 mm-hmm. Blue Man and that he wasn't going to work. In. <laughs> but he's an excellent percussionist, so that was really just unfortunate. I think he went as a Blue Man for Halloween once Aww. even. So Aww. I've seen lots of Blue Man clips and stuff, but I don't remember the marshmallow one. Yeah. I've, well, I've been. It. It's intense. It's right. surprisingly, in, like, it's, I don't know. You have to wear a poncho to sit in, like, the first five rows. No, thank you. <laughs> Just like Gallagher. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'd also pass on going to Gallagher at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Blue Man Group is a lot of PVCs and a lot of paddles. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Laura says, and a s'more, of course. Of course. Um, of course. Uh, Breeze says, campfire roast, nice and golden on the outside, so it's crispy and gooey on the inside. Mm. I agree. Though I like it to be like a little bit more charred on the outside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then also nice and gooey on the inside. Um, Dorothy says, rice crispy treat, which um, this, there was a conversation after that. Um, Bridget and I, Missy said that, it's you know it has to be like a you know a homemade one the Kellogg's ones are trash and I agree and Bridget and I actually got into a fight because I was like okay I think we need to make some Rice Krispies treats with um, the leftover marshmallows and she was like I really only really like the ones in the packages and I'm like you're wrong <laughs> you're not <Sorry."> my child <laughs> I know she's never tried it with homemade marshmallows she, ha- she oh I know that's what I was, that's what I said I said it might be different with the homemade ones um, but and then Missy said. Um, all fourth graders have no taste or standards, which I heartily yeah. agree with. Sure. They don't at yeah. all. Um, Gregory says in hot chocolate, specifically Trader Joe's salted caramel hot chocolate mix, so melty and sweet. Ooh, yeah. I got a thing of this the other day, and I made him like a small like he. It's so sweet, <laughs> and plus add a marshmallow. Like I didn't want to kill him, so I made him like a half <laughs> mug of it, and it was just like amazing. It was so good. Definitely buy that next time. It's you're at so Jones. good. Yeah, it's so good. He just likes it because it's forbidden. Mm-hmm. Like it's a temptation drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely makes it taste better. <laughs> um, Ellen says evenly browned over the fire, not burned, but almost on a graham cracker with three squares of Hershey's. I totally agree with her. That <laughs> it's is very like, specific. <laughs> no, but like Ellen, I like hear you. That is like on point. I agree. Yeah. Those last uh, two responses I gathered manually, they are not on Facebook yet, but they might be. I just well, asked my family. <laughs> we did get some last minute ones. Rosemary says, I honestly love them all, but anytime they're toasted, it's the best. And Leslie says, we had a bonfire not long ago at work and used these for s'mores. I didn't even know they existed. And they're uh, something, Stay Puff. I haven't opened it up, but it's some Stay Puff uh, nonsense. Hmm. <laughs> oh, Where it looks do like you they're... work if you're having a bonfire at work? I don't know. I'm impressed with your workplace. You have to go in. That sounds kind of nice, actually. Anyway, but um, stuff on fire. (laughs) Thank you for your responses, even though it was posted at like um, 3 p.m. Central Time today. So thank you very much. And (laughs) s'mores do rule. I kind of want some. Have you guys ever played marshmallow chicken with the microwave? No. Oh, Oh, yeah. That's a the marshmallow in the microwave and you alternate and you have a competition to see. Like, I'd be like, I'll leave it in there for 15 seconds. (laughs) I'll leave 
been there for 18 seconds and you watch it expand and expand and expand and you know at some point it's gonna explode and then you're gonna be in trouble (laughs) when mom comes home i think my older brother orchestrated that I'm still finding like marshmallow debris on cabinets every now and again. I'm like, what's that white stuff right there? Yeah, and I'm it like, gets oh, God, everywhere. Oh, goodness. Anyway, but yes, thank you very much for the responses and s'mores are in the future. Um, okay, Bobby, you want to take us into medium talk? Well, I think we better because we're already pretty far into this and we've got a lot to talk about. The Tishi Cinema Road Trip Spectacular makes its way to Oklahoma, Missouri, and Kansas. And did we get all of them? I think we did. Yeah, we got all of them. We got three Missouris and yeah. then uh, one Missouri Kansas. Yeah. And uh, my Oklahoma movie is sort of a quasi-Oklahoma movie, but our options for Oklahoma were thin. It still counts. Honestly, Once we... we're not watching Oklahoma for <laughs> no. Oklahoma. No, no kidding. <laughs> That's but too I, on the nose. I found a way to nod to a Western in a way that wasn't making us watch the actual original version of this. So, you know, I think of, of the options for Oklahoma, I think I think it worked out well. I was mad about this because I've been so busy the last few weeks that by the time we started picking movies, two of you picked what I would have picked. Uh-huh. <laughs> so mine was my third string choice so in this lose. category. Just, I mean, what Hillary, a punishment I got to what, watch. Wasn't Far and Away set during the Oklahoma land rush? Uh, don't you think... I thought about it. We I really could thought about have it. listened to Tom Cruise's <laughs> Irish accent for three hours. Oh, Lord. I thought about it and I was like, one, this movie is so long. Two, only like a little bit takes place in Oakland. Although it is a pivotal point in the movie. It is a smaller part. But do we need to talk about movies that didn't make the cut? Were there any other ones people considered that didn't make the list? Um... You know, there's a part of Thelma and Louise that apparently takes place, like, in Oklahoma or something. or at, But it, I couldn't really pinpoint it. But I do love that movie. And I was it would like, be funny hey. if we only watched that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we definitely bandied around, talk, you know, the you know, iconic Kansas movie, Wizard of Oz. But I think all of us were like, nah. nah. Right. We've all seen it. We don't need to discuss it. Also, most of it's not in Kansas anymore. So like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like the exactly. whole point. We're going to yeah. save that for when we get to the Oz movies. Um, ooh, ooh. Uh, like Return to Oz. Return to not, Oz. Uh, Creepy. No, that, mm. And so anything featuring Perusa Bulk is just like, it, right? you're like, oh, like I just, I'm like kind of nervous. Because it's a bad feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was The Outsiders, <laughs> but I haven't watched it since I, you know, oh. was supposed to yeah. read The Outsiders. Yeah. That's a good, good movie. So, all right. So we've picked our movies and we've decided that we are going in chronological order by setting of the film, not yes, release date. By time correct? period. Which means that we start with my film, even though it was one of the more recent ones, well, sort of more recent ones made. And mine is the 2010 adaptation of the Charles Portis novel, True Grit. The Spielberg uh, executive produced Coen Brothers, very Coen Brothers yes. uh, movie with Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon and Josh Brolin and a young Haley Steinfeld uh, as the, uh, the the main uh, protagonist. In her first Maddie film Ross. role. Yes. And she was for real like 13, 14 when yep. it was made. And a badass. Yeah. 
Uh, I actually, I really didn't take any notes watching any of these movies because I was mainly choosing True Grit for the sake of the visual identity of the film, which is the Indian Territory, so nascent pre-Oklahoma, Oklahoma, uh, and just for that Coen Brothers vibe, and of course, Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon, they're, they're great, and she was great in it too, and everybody was um fairly true to this and also i spared everybody john wayne and glenn campbell in the <laughs> 1969 version Thank of this you. film um so i don't have a lot of commentary on it just to say that it's such a nice story and, and i'm usually the one who picks like the 80s 90s comedies or something in these in these projects so i know this was a bit of a, a you know a, a straying away from my usual type of choice here and so like the the movie i should have picked was twister no <laughs> oh, yes yes Bobby, you know, it's so funny because I, one, don't love a Western, um, and two, I'm not the biggest Coen Brothers fan. I like, as a film minor, I respect, like, that they are good (laughs) filmmakers, but it's, like, not my bag, necessarily. It is a beautiful film, though. It is, like, a beautiful film to watch, and I actually enjoyed it. I personally feel, um, I mean, I like Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges is Jeff Bridges, and he does his thing, and it's good. Um, I was, like, captivated by Haley Steinfeld, though. I thought she was so good. I Like, she's, you know, kid actors can sometimes be kid actor-ish. And, but I, she plays the part so well and so convincing, and I think it goes to show, like, all these men are sort of, like, scared of her and taking her seriously and i i thought i don't know i thought she did a really good job with it i was really impressed with her yeah so who had seen this movie and who hadn't because i think it's one that not everyone had seen i had me back when it first came out but i yeah didn't get a chance to rewatch sorry yeah i'd seen it so i hadn't okay yeah i hadn't seen it since probably when it came out or shortly after it came out and I wasn't sure if it had held up, but on rewatch, I really think it it did. Yeah. Um, I was really pleased with it. Like, I wondered when I chose it if it wasn't going to live up. And again, because it was my third string choice on this list. Um, but I, I forgot. Like, the acting is generally good, if a bit cartoonish. But I think intentional. I mean, that's just part of it being a Western, right? It's, yeah. it's intentionally cartoonish. Right. They're not going for uh, realism there. The Coens never do. Mm-hmm. Right. They're yeah. doing something much more um, structured and much more mannered. And I think yep. they succeeded that. Yeah. Yeah. And I do love the love, the pronunciation of la beef. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And it's so funny because I had the captions on and I'm like, is that what? Is that how it's supposed to be? But yeah, no, it's. Yeah. Um, I also want to remark that this is the first of two of the movies that have the manner of dying that is my nightmare scenario yeah a jump scare to die like a, <laughs> like <laughs> how do you want to die oh i want to be scared and have my neck broken that is my nightmare and both times in watching these movies i had to it like viscerally like i was like i had to turn my head because it's so awful yeah it's terrible i don't know oh. how we could still have hung people to death so recently <sighs> as yeah. we have not horrifying. this movie but in an yeah. upcoming yeah movie and people watching it and i think that people i mean it, i think people did it was sort of like oh, okay yeah. like it's this like is entertainment, like entertainment. yeah and exactly. like a law enforcement strategy right like don't you know this is the consequence you don't want this to be you 
And I did. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> both like sad, but also like was funny. The part like they gave this one guy this long, long speech and he's like crying and sort of like, oh, take care of my family. Yeah, repenting. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the other guy's like, I'm a man, and, you know, this is what happened. And the other man who's like, you know, some man of color is like, there. he starts to go on his speech. They're like, no, you can't say anything. Bye. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. Well, I'm yeah, looking uh, at the Wikipedia, and it looks like it was shot in Santa Fe mostly. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, and that kind of And in makes... Austin, a little bit in Austin. Hey. That's just the office park scenes, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I I enjoyed it more and I, than I thought I would, and I just I thought it was really on like the back of Haley Steinfeld, who I think is very talented. Yeah. I haven't yeah. watched; she's in a show that's supposed to be good that I haven't watched called Dickinson about Emily Dickinson, and it's supposed mm. to, she's supposed to be very good. And actually, <laughs> she has a couple of songs that she, she's a multi talented young lady, and she has a couple of songs that are like pretty good. <laughs> They come up on my Spotify occasionally. Uh, you know they come up in my Spotify list, but that's because I love stupid bubblegum pop songs. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I felt the same way that you did, Hillary. When I watched it the first time, it was only at the – because of the relentless nagging of a friend. Yeah. He was very much a Coen Brothers fan, and he was like, you got to see two, True Grit. And I said, eh, I just really – I respect the Coen Brothers, but I don't – really enjoy what they're doing that much and he was like no 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 true true grit is different you should see it and i was like fine and i watched it and i did like it much more than i had anticipated liking it and rewatching it too i mean it's helps that it's a nice trim like 112 minutes yes Yes. Mm -hmm. so it's not like you're going to be spending your whole night doing it i guess what evolved for me the most in the rewatch was I'm less sure about Matt Damon's character, not, not the acting part, but like what they're doing. Because the first time I saw it, I remember sort of writing his character off as adult, but the second time, like he definitely has some doofy qualities. Like he's so fucking proud to be a Texas Ranger. He can't (laughs) resist Mm -hmm. bringing that up any possible time, but he also has that, like a really sinister edge like he basically threatens to rape her yes in the beginning yeah and he also Mm -hmm. seems to be like a much more competent um tracker and marksman than i remembered it being so he's this sort of odd mix of really competent and doofy and gross yes Uh women can be gross too that comes up in the next couple of movies here so um yeah uh and so does the violence the violence continues here and the violence continues um (laughs) there was when i was um living in berkeley my friend russ had the nba channel and it like they would always be like, and the excitement continues. So that's how I say it. <laughs> because, yes, there's violence in this. And when he, when the guy cuts off Donald Gleason's fingers, I was like, ah! Like, I had, I kind of, like, screamed in this movie. Like, yeah, was, that's pretty was, visceral. Yes. I didn't even recognize him. I think I didn't. I mean, he wasn't a really a big thing back no, then. He no. was just starting to break, so I didn't. But then I looked real close this time around. I was like, God, I can't even tell it's him. No, I I only knew it because of the IMDb. I would not mm-hmm. have ever guessed because I think that he is very cute. So I was like, that, he does not look cute in this movie. Nobody looked cute in this movie except for yeah. Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, mm-hmm. she. Right. Um, and 
I have to say, she, I, I feel like Maddie is a is a little bit of an Anne. Like, I feel like if you were in like that territory, that would be you. You're like, no, you're going to do what I say. I don't know why I just felt it. Well, I would certainly get things done. Yes, I would just go through yes. and do what needed to be done. Yes. I don't think that I would be quite so um, willing to uh, go toe-to-toe with older men, grown men. Yeah. I mean, the way that she um, handles that horse dealer guy is pretty yes. impressive. Mm-hmm. I, and I find it not totally realistic. Right? No, 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 no. Because they would, they would be like, get out of here. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, like I, I'm not sure. There's there's a world in which it could definitely be a thing. You know, if her father was absent all the time and moving horses around or whatever, and if her mother was not very useful, which it sort of yeah. seems like that might be the case. That you know, if there was you know it had to be done. I mean, we just had an email from Justina last week talk, telling about having to negotiate with the power company to not turn yeah. the power off. So yeah. um, there are young women who are forced to take on those burdens. So I guess it could it could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's also Headmaster Charles. I recognized his voice from Gilmore Girls, the horse <laughs> trading guy. I was like, why do I know that guy? I'm like, ah, oh, yes, Headmaster Charles. We just definitely should not underestimate High Fire Lundholm. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. So we go from True Grit to the next one, which is a jump to the late 50s, early 60s. The next hanging. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I chose Capote because I had never saw it that year. I usually see all the nominated movies, but I didn't see that one. Um, and it was one of Philip Seymour Hoffman's best movies. He, and he won Best Actor. Yeah, and he won. Um, and now I need to revisit that Crash won that year yes. against yes. Capote oh, and against Brokeback Mountain. Like, just yeah. think about that for a minute. Um, yeah. But I looked up old um, Truman Capote interviews, and he nailed the voice, even the mannerisms. Like, uh, yep. he yep. completely yeah. nailed yeah. it. So yep. Yep. this is a story... Capote, uh, Truman, lives in New York, and he's this, like... That's a New York I want to live in, man. That looks like so much (laughs) fun. I'm like, I could do this. He's, like, the cool... Everyone wants to be around him. He has the best stories. Yeah, the most bon vivant of anybody. (laughs) And he reads this newspaper article about a family being murdered in Kansas, and so he gets his old friend... um, He gets his old friend to come with him, and they, um, and it's Harper Lee, spoiler alert, she becomes huge. Um, but at the time he, so he brings her because he knows like going to Kansas as a gay man with that voice, he will not get in with the families as much. And so she's kind of like the sugar to come in and, and help interview. So he gets in with the townspeople, tells us stories, everybody loves him. They, um, arrest somebody and then he like gets in with that guy, the one of the murderers, and then decides to write the, the book about this whole thing. And then um, also he pays for their lawyer because he has to keep making a better and better story, right? Well, they just keep getting appeals and winning, and they keep putting it off, like pushing it um, out of the way because his story is becoming so compelling. Like he's reading bits of it all around, and then he gets into a huge depression and um, 
probably was an alcoholic before, but it became way worse because he needs an ending for this book and they just won't die. And like, so he just like cuts them off, won't hire them lawyers anymore, doesn't answer their stuff. Meanwhile, his friend who's like, oh, you wrote that book about birds for kids, right? Has become this like huge bestseller. There's a movie. It's like this whole thing. And so that puts him into a depression too. And then he finally gets talked into going to see the execution, which is horrible. And I can't believe they showed it and let it like sit there oh. for way too long. Ugh. I know. I was Ugh. like, I'm closing my no, eyes. No, thank you. That, it was brutal. Yeah. Well, that was brutal. And then, you know, I had, I've read in Cold Blood. So like I, I knew what happened, but um, their dramatization of what happened during the crime it's that, shocking. It is yeah. shocking. It is. And I forgot. I forgot that he's like, I kept Perry, the one that's sort of the speaker of the two mm-hmm. killers. Um, he, you know, that he's like, I was trying to calm, um, whatever. The other guy. The other guy's yeah. name. Yeah. He's like, I was trying to calm him down. I'm trying to calm him down. And then he just like slid the guy's throat yeah. and then, and then shot him. Yeah. And it's just as like. It's, it's, it's brutal. It's really, really, and they show it. And it's weird because, uh, you know, this movie is very much like a fifties movie where it's like a manners and, you know, you're going to these New York parties. And very Oscar Beatty, right? Yes. And it's very like, Mm -hmm. you know, the New Yorker Mm -hmm. and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And then by the end it is like, oh no, this was like a real brutal um, murder. And, and also, you know, the start of true crime. This was essentially the start of, you know, true crime as we know it sort of. In Cold yeah. Blood was like the first really the, big. The whole novelized nonfiction mm-hmm. is something I still can't quite wrap my brain around. I yeah. know. I know. And it's, yeah, like reading it. I mean, I read In Cold Blood, I don't know, like 10 years ago or something. And it and it reads like something you would read today, you know. I mean, he's a really, Capote is a really good writer. So it's not like trash. But, um, but yeah, it is the sort of the real lives of, you know, regular people in drama or whatever. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting that by the end of the movie, the central tension was that he had developed a relationship with Perry. I mean, whether or not there was an attraction of sexual nature or it was just a personality attraction, Mm -hmm. obviously nothing was ever going to become of that, but he's helped them and they think he's their friend, but yet he needs them to be killed in order for his book to turn yeah. out the quote unquote yeah. right yeah. way. Yeah. So he's so torn. Yeah. And in fact, he gets letters up from them at the end being like, we know that you did everything that you could to help us. Oh. And he's like, did I? Yeah. cause he basically just. Yeah. Well, and then Harper Lee says something like that. Right. When he's like, I'm so sad. And she's like, what are you like? Yeah. You needed that. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it is that sort of interrogation of, um, you know, now, like with all the true crime podcasts, it's like, is it really? Yes, it's really sad. But are we listening to it because it's sad and we feel sadness or is it because it's entertainment? Uh-huh. Because it's thrilling. Yeah. And yeah. and he really um, he manipulated them. He lied totally. up and down yeah. to mm-hmm. Perry yeah. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Every time Perry asked, what's the name of your book? Yeah, uh, Capote's not going to say it's called In Cold Blood. <laughs> He's just like I haven't written anything yet. I don't know. I... Just a placeholder. They, he just they don't stringing really this poor dumbass 
I'm not poor, obviously, he murdered four people. But it was also interesting when he talked about the reasons for the murder. It's so banal, right? This robbery gone wrong. But the reason that he slit the guy's throat was he kept thinking about what a nice person Mm-hmm. This man was and how disappointed and how scared he was. And then he felt really ashamed and he was so shamed that he had to kill the person. No, that he, no other know. choice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he just felt so bad that he couldn't bear to have that person walking around alive who thought of him in this manner. It's a normal reaction to embarrassment. I do that. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. <laughs> if I killed everybody who saw me do something embarrassing. <laughs> in jail for a long time yeah back to the important part though i want to go to one of those parties yeah yeah Yeah. this is another one where the the meticulous detail in the settings and the the drastic differences between new york and kansas uh so well painted Although, you know, I want to go to one of those parties, but I would definitely be the Amy Ryan in this, like, where I'm like, oh, my God, like, I live in a small <laughs> yeah. town, and, a, like, a sort of semi-celebrity comes in, and I'm like, come, I'm going to make you dinner. Come hang out. Um, no, and but it, I enjoyed it. It was one of those movies that I sort of resist. I enjoyed. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's I know dark. I know what you mean. Yeah. But um, it was one of those movies I sort of resisted for a while because I was like, like you said, Christy, I think, like, oh, this is, like, an oscar uh-huh. movie. I don't really... In a boring kind of right. Oscar way. Yeah, it's a movie where people go places and talk to each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. There's not a ton of action to it. And also, in a trend that happens every once in a while, you know, with like body switching and all that, this is one of those movies at the same time a, another version came out. Uh, not the exact same thing, but I can't remember what it's called. I think it was but it's in- like, Infamous? Yeah, that what infamous. it was called? Infamous. Oh, yeah. There's like a rash of like this story coming out in yeah it's like sandra bullock is harper lee i don't know who plays um oh i do but he's a british guy but i can't remember what his name is i can like see his face i mean he has toby yes toby toby jones yes and he's yeah and toby jones is one of those yeah british actor who's been in a ton of stuff i mean he's not philip seymour hoffman but level famous but he's you would recognize daniel craig played perry smith oh huh well, I thought this guy who I looked him up and I didn't really recognize him from anything, but I thought he was really good because he is very handsome, but like, and sort of sympathetic when you're talking to him. But then when you hear about what he did, you're like, oh, yeah, God. He, he is very good with his sort of wounded mm-hmm. soul quality mm-hmm. to him. And then yeah. until you kind of get to the conversation with his sister, who's like, yeah, I've yeah. seen this act all my life, but he'll kill at you just to kill you just as soon as look yeah. at you I was yeah like, Ooh, that's interesting i know that was the thing because i think that capote was really like oh you know he did these are sympathetic characters and then when he went to see her he was like oh shit like Maybe he sort like... of got pulled in against his will with the romance of and the soulfulness of the two although the other one dick hickok was that his name, yes yes mm-hmm. yeah 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 less sympathetic no. kind of yeah a little bit um grosser Yes. No, it was just, it was just a little bit gross, but, but I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. And and I, sometimes, you know, I, I don't always love the Oscar-y movies that much, but I, I was, I took only one note, I think on this whole thing, 
Oh, wearing PJs on the sleeper car of the train. (laughs) (laughs) But then I was really absorbed in it. And even I stopped in the middle because I was curious to see if um, Capote's partner, Jack Dunphy, I was like, is he as handsome as Bruce Greenwood in real life? (laughs) And I had to like stop and look for pictures. And that's when I was watching like film of Capote on Carson. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Philip Seymour Hoffman just nailed it. He did it. God, he was such a good actor. Yeah. All right. Uh, Everyone's favorite thing to talk about. I think. Well, okay. Can I really quickly? So this is where my brain is like bad, sort of, because I was okay. So when you're watching Capote, um, you know he's he works for the New Yorker. He's uh, you know he writes for the New Yorker. So the um, editor of the New Yorker at the time was Bob Balaban was played by Bob Balaban, but it's William Sean. Okay. So Bob Balaban is in our next movie, uh, which is starring um, what's his face? Christopher guest, who is also in uh, the princess bride with Wallace Sean, William Sean's son. (laughs) So oh. that is how uh, Hillary's brain works. But not our next <laughs> not movie. Not our next movie. We're going oh, I'm sorry. Right. Shit. <laughs> well, I did that. I hooked it up. I was like, fine, you can skip it. <laughs> no, no, we cannot. We cannot. We cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a Balaban loser. It is. Balaban. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to. I've, uh, I'll how come up with degrees? a better word. Yeah. Balabanstraganva. Wait. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'm working it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Roadhouse. I guess I guess that means we need to talk about Roadhouse. Huh? Yes. On to the double Please. douche. Let me pull up my page and a half of yeah. notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't me even too. know where to start here. Okay. Um so I had never seen this before and I am so delighted that I chose this because it's great and incredible. horrible. And it's just incredible. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Um this is Patrick Swayze, R.I.P. Oh, this made me sad. I just, know. It made me just remember how great he was. Um, that he body, plays... man. Jesus wow. Christ. <laughs> and this he came plays... right in the middle between Dirty Dancing and Ghost. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And, so you know, like there was not, I was like expecting a lot of dancing from him and there was not really. I mean, there was some fight count. dancing. Oh, there was some. Okay, well, you we can. What about it. the yeah, sex scene? That was dancing. definite sex, sort of pelvic action. Yeah, I remember um, that boomer ladies were so horny for that scene. Like, I've seen oh just God. that sex scene so many times because my aunt and mom were like super horny for for him. <laughs> That and all I, I was thinking, we're getting in way, yeah, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. So but... <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Why would you Ridiculous. ever be lifted up against a stone fireplace and find no that thanks. enjoyable? No. Uh, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. James Dalton um, is is Patrick Swayze. He is like apparently is that his first name? James. Yeah. Oh, they just call everyone him just calls him Dalton, time. and apparently he's world famous because everybody oh. in this movie is like. Dalton, oh, oh. oh my God, that's Dalton. It's Dalton, oh. and he comes Not as from, big as I from, thought he'd be from New York. Yeah, everyone thinks he's small, um, except for his girlfriend, I guess. Uh, he gets poached from New York City, New York City, to go to a place called the Double Deuce. That's quite a name. In Jasper, Missouri, my first note is LMFAO Double Deuce. Oh. 
and he is recruited by the owner of this bar to clean it up because it is a total shithole. And uh, it's the world's worst people at the world's worst bars. Um, and yet Jeff Healy is playing <laughs> every night. It took me until the end of the movie to realize that guy was blind. <laughs> I was like, why is he playing his guitar like that at the very end? And Gregory's like, are you kidding? <laughs> nope. Um and there was a line uh, early on where he says, this bar is worse than the one in Dayton. So, of course, I had to write that down. <laughs> um, there's a scene where somebody pay, a man pays another man $20 to fondle his girlfriend's boobs in public, oh which was really upsetting. I mean, she's totally into it. I mm-hmm. guess. Yeah, she there's seemed very... Yeah, there really was. Uh, it's it's a little 1980s hot wife thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, this was a movie full of bikinis and heels. That <laughs> totally. sort of aesthetic. <laughs> it is. I told Dave, I said, this is, even though it's the end of the 80s, this is the most 80s it's movie so I have ever. So 80s. The hair. <laughs> the hair, like the tanning. This... Like, yeah. that doctor mm-hmm. should know that tanning is not good. I know. Yeah, so, okay, he gets stabbed. Dalton gets stabbed, and he has to go to the emergency room. And, of course, this beautiful doctor, um, Elizabeth Clay, stitches him up, and then they, for some reason, fall any, in love. Uh, he doesn't need any He's so tough, he doesn't even need any painkiller. And, and yeah, earlier on in the movie, he's he's seen stitching up his own wound, which is something my brother did. And I now I'm wondering if that like that's where he got that idea. Well, when you're the number two cooler in the world, you I mean, you figure it out. Yeah, right. Um, so he meets uh, uh, this like bumpkin guy and rents a room in his barn, which is like an amazing apartment for being <laughs> a barn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like beautiful windows and huge curtains but no one wants to rent it but no one will rent it and it costs a hundred dollars (laughs) yeah whatever remember he's Uh, making what 500 a week yeah yeah i think there was like a five thousand dollar up front or something and then 500 and i looked that up and that inflation is double so he was making a thousand a week okay good for him yeah I mean, he's in a lot of danger, so right. <laughs> he needs yeah. to he earn so much money. He earned it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's the the big bad guy is like the uh, owner of Walmart, kind of like um, what is his name? Wesley. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think Brad Wesley. Yeah, he, he is doesn't look guy. like a Brad. No, he doesn't. Look like a Brad. He's too old to be a Brad. Right. He looks it's like ben a Dick or he is yes. Charles or something. <laughs> yep. He wears an ascot for Christ's yeah. sake the whole time, um, and he lives in this big old mansion across the pond from his barn. Um, <laughs> and he has parties all the time where ladies are Thank running you. around with their tops off, uh, having a great. Great old time. Um, there is so so Dalton cleans up the bar um, and turns it into a respectable place where people behave. I guess is the point. Kind of, kind of. I mean, they yeah. take they take the chicken wire down yeah, that separates that the a, band from the dance floor. Yeah, he mm-hmm. fires a couple people like right in front of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes because they're selling an, drugs and scamming drink and yeah 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 the bartender looks like an 80s pro wrestler Mm -hmm. type and he makes an enemy out of that guy and then one of the waitresses is selling coke so he uh fires her um 
And then another dude gets fired for just having sex, like raw dog and some lady in the back room. He's like, I'm on my his, break. His Saturday night, whatever, that was going to yeah. be his hookup. I yeah. Um, Sam Elliott makes an appearance. Yes. Uh, and he looks roughly the same. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, just like less yeah. white hair. Yeah. Um, but he puts his hair back like in, and I was like, is that a man bun? Like yeah. it's almost a man it bun. Almost a man it's man like a half up, half down. That's the sign style. that he knows that something's, something's coming. He's got to get that yeah, hair yeah. pulled back. So he's well, get it out of his ass. And that's the, that's the sign of the number one. The number one cooler. Right. Right. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Because he learned everything from Yeah. Mm-hmm. Patrick hasn't like grown the hair out enough for the ponytail. Right. He will. Right. He's working on a mullet though, you can yeah. <laughs> working on. <laughs> <laughs> um the the lady doctor shows up to the bar, like he he tells her where where he works and for some reason she shows up in her like Barbie dream car mm-hmm. and is like, Oh, work at this shitty bar, I like it. And uh he's fighting and she's impressed by him fighting where he, he throws a guy's shoe on, on the roof and she's like, yes, <laughs> I'm into this. I'm horny uh, for this man. Yeah. I, yeah. That's like, what is the attraction? All right. He's eighties, nineties, Patrick Swayze hot. Right. So not for me, but it's definitely like, uh, it's fine. Fine. It was I will a physical you. attraction. I can understand, but anything else I don't, I don't. It was him or Wesley. Come on. They didn't right. They didn't take the time to develop any of the no. Race, no. relationships. No. I mean, no. they could have used a cardboard cutout of a woman <laughs> yes. for yes. all the character development they uh-huh. did for her. There, she like, didn't have she any is. personality traits. She now they're smushing. Yep. Yeah, she was a Barbie in a Barbie dream car. Like that's uh-huh. exactly what she was. There was no real reason to like either of them, except that they were hot, and she was totally into that. Like oriental mysticism that he yes. was because he was you know still oh, he waters does tai chi. run deep yeah uh he has a degree in philosophy thank you yeah is NYU. he supposed to have a phd i don't think so or something i think they just say degree yeah. yeah but um yeah I, I don't get the yeah she had zero character development and i don't think that a physician would be so flighty and dumb <laughs> no <laughs> Especially an ER physician, like I don't think she'd be impressed by a dude who's like, "I don't need painkillers." <laughs> she'd be like, "You're Usually dumb." They faint. You do. Yeah, you idiot. Just take I them. got. I did get nervous though. What like when she went out all night with, um, with the two you know coolers, and then she's like, "I got. I'm on call in a couple hours. I got to go to bed." And it's like, "You're, you're a, doctor. a doctor. <laughs> you can't stay up until six in the morning and then just look like totally fine and act totally mm-hmm. fine." I would be like sleeping in the booth of that restaurant. Ooh, like yeah. Denny's place lets you dance in the middle of it. <laughs> but I guess. Oh I yeah, think... she does a very sexy, like intimate dance with Sam Elliott. Yeah. I mean, it's like I guess. Wait, who's I... in? Like they have more chemistry yeah. than her and Dalton. <laughs> I suppose you could think that if she's a doctor, she's done the residency program, so she's oh. used to thirty-six hour rotations True. or yeah. whatever. So that was before residency rules too. So like they could work them <laughs> th- three days you know, 24 hour shifts without getting in trouble. They can't do that anymore. So yeah, she's probably pretty tough. Um, there is kind of a plot about like the, the bad guy blows, like he terrorizes the local hardware store for some reason. And then he blows it up. 
Well, he's just he's shaking him down. Where it's is he getting all stuff. these explosives? <laughs> he has a lot for this little well, town. I, I have a lot of questions about Brad <laughs> Wesley. We established that he is a like a, a mega store, or no? He said I brought Walmart to this town. Yeah, and I got right. the sense Whatever that was sort that of like means. development. He considers deal himself he's in the my local, business. Yeah, he's the local economic development officer. Right, he's, he's using his sway as a businessman to make all this happen. But I don't understand what the business is that got him to be so rich. He has this palatial estate like this. Oh, but he's he got also just be real estate. He yeah. runs a protection racket. With, you know, Bubba and Cletus going around. I mean, his collection of goons is motley at best. Yeah, I'm like, he has Why? this really Missouri, like Joplin, Missouri group of thugs who do his bidding and like run their, their monster truck over the car dealership. And... Yeah, there's like one guy who looks maybe like a lawyer who got disbarred. One guy who like came out from wrestling pigs at the crick yeah you know oh oh the um karate expert guy oh, yeah. <laughs> he was possibly well, the only more 80s character than um dalton in that whole thing yep i have some answers here i don't have any good answers but i do have answers this is from villains.fandom.com slash wiki slash brad underscore wesley primary source he's listed as an evildoer his quote mm, sure. is, this yeah. is my town, don't you forget it. Uh, and uh, here we go. Full name, Brad Wesley, alias Nun, Origin Roadhouse. Occupation, business tycoon. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, where did the tycooning come from? He talked about how he grew up on the streets of Chicago. So mm-hmm. he didn't. He wasn't born into money. So what happened between well, Chicago and Missouri? Under powers slash skills, he's listed as business skills and various connections <laughs> that'll do it <laughs> another hobby he's listed as hunting yeah. extorting people yeah. and running his businesses mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah fast forward to his house there's like the final shootout at his house and he has about 40 million uh trophy heads in his yep. nasty house mm. um i'm sorry but the best line of the entire movie and there are plenty of quotable lines in this movie Mm -hmm. was when cletus gets up when the cops finally arrive or the fbi or whatever and they're like what happened he says a polar bear fell on me (laughs) (laughs) uh okay there are okay there's a line that uh, I think maybe Hillary, you and I have the <laughs> sure. same. I got. This I gotta to, know if this. I is had to tell. The one that... I, I asked Dave. Wait, what's the line from Roadhouse? So yeah. So Gregory a... said the same thing. He was like, "There's a line in this that I, I, I think that this is what it is." And I was like, "No way! Did he say that?" And it is. Cover your ears. I used to fuck guys like you in prison. I wrote that down too. What? <laughs> that, what a sick Dave. burn. <laughs> like, is Dave was like, here it is, here it comes, it's coming. Here yeah, it is. yeah. Well, yeah. Th- this movie is set up for those. That's just like when one of the guys goes, "Well, what if someone calls my mama a whore?" And he just goes, "Well, is she?" Is she? Yeah. The yeah. other one, there was one early on where somebody describes Dalton as having balls big enough to come in a dump truck. <laughs> that sounds like a medical problem. Right. Like, that's an issue. Like, 
how do you do that? Uh, so this was I mean, an amazing. I mean, his pants are quite flowy. <laughs> They're very yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's wearing lot of what's amazing that shirt? hammer pants. What's that shirt? You know the one. What's any of it. <laughs> oh, the blouse. Yeah, that looks <laughs> like, it's like the karate <laughs> gi blouse. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. I thought he was about to do a karate scene and nope, nope, that's just his everyday wear. That's Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, men in the eighties wore a lot of blouses. A lot of like, blouses. A lot of flowy, a lot of silk little silk shirts. Yeah. Um, the movie he- ends with like 50 guys showing up at, at Walton's house all with guns and just like all his enemies show up and just simultaneously shoot him and then the cops show up and they're like well, I don't know what happened. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> "Why are the cops just now getting involved?" So, like, <laughs> yeah, like, like now finally, the cops are very responsive. Well, the cops were in Wesley's pocket, of course. Oh, right, but, right. But it's an example, like all the town's business folk, the men folk, decide to like band together and yeah. and stand up to. Him. And I was thinking. It actually ties back to True Grit in a way in that this is also kind of a Western with like the stranger coming in to clean up the town Mm -hmm. for the townspeople who can't stand against the big bad guy and how he, you know, teaches them the value of self-respect or whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yep. But he's definitely our, our gunslinger in this movie, mm-hmm. except the guns but are his fists. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jeremy has never seen it, and he was like, Oh my God. He, and his two favorite movies are Roadhouse and Red Dawn. He's like, Why haven't I seen this? So I made him watch <laughs> it with me, and then I wrote down what he said. Can I repeat some of this stuff? Yes, please. Okay. So this started when it was the very end when he's like fighting that guy at the water. Do you remember that part? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. How could Johnny yeah. or Vince so or whatever. whatever. The guy who said he kills him? like guys like this. It was right after that. The guy he kills in the lake, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. This movie is insane. The sound of the fighting is so graphic it hurts my ears. What the <laughs> what the fuck is happening? This is hard to watch and it makes me feel bad. Oh my god, this is awful. I'm out on peace ways. <laughs> I feel bad in my chest. I'm terrible because it makes you feel like normal and then it's just so bad. All the good, all the good fighters are going down. Is there a number three? Because he's about to be number one. <laughs> this is a fucked up situation. I hate it so much. Should I stop watching? Why is this happening? None of this matters. I hate Patrick so much. What the fuck is this? Okay, what what's happening? How did how did they even think of this to make it? I can't handle this. Oh, is there some kind of message? I fucking hate this movie. Like I said, it's going to end in a bloodbath, like he called it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what ending could make you feel good about this movie? No one needs to be doing this right now. Um, and then I said, are you mad at Meredith? Yes. Why would she do this to me? <laughs> and then, and, Sorry, Jeremy. And the movie, so I can feel better. How can I cleanse myself? I didn't even remember there was a bar part. It's been so traumatic. What? The bear didn't even kill him? There has to be a better ending. That sucks. Is that a famous movie? Is that something people like? I'm so sad that I saw this movie and I don't want to feel like this. (laughs) And then I said, pause the movie. We need to see if we can enhance and see his dick. Yeah. Um, You know, this is the first time I had seen this movie because, you know, I was a big Dirty Dancing fan and also a big Ghost was the movie that I... I think I saw it five times in the movie theater. I loved it so much, Mm -hmm. which is weird to think about because I was like... Well, there's nothing else for teenagers to do. (laughs) I know. Yeah. But I loved it. And so I was like a big Patrick Swayze fan. But for whatever reason, I think I was... One, I think I probably wasn't allowed to see it. And two, it was like not... 
um, you know, a movie that my sisters would take me to go see. So I never saw it, and it just kind of built. And I was like, I don't think I'm interested in it. And honestly, like, I, I think it's like when I saw um, oh, what's the um, shoot, what's the movie that's like with Amy Poehler and well, I mean, it's a, a, and Janine Garofalo at the camp. Why am I not? Oh, um, what on American? Yes, yes, what on American summer? It's like when I watched that, where I was like. Is this a real, like, I didn't know anything about it. And I'm like, is this a real movie? Oh, like, you didn't know it was real? like a satire? No, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> what is, ha- what is it? Am I supposed to be taking, and then I see like, uh, like the two guys like having sex and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay. I get it. This is like a satire. This, I know this movie isn't a satire, but the whole time I'm like, am I supposed to be taking this seriously? Am I, and I'm like, okay, this movie is just ridiculous. You just have to take it on. It's like ridiculousness. Oh yeah. And then it's like completely enjoyable because it's so ridiculous. Right. <laughs> I definitely remembered it being so bad that it's good, mm-hmm. but I think it's actually more so bad that it's really bad. <laughs> it's <laughs> really bad. And I will say I had fun watching it, Yes, mm-hmm. yes. but I don't think there's very much about it that's redeeming. No, no. No, it's not like a, like a, a heartwarming story or anything. Well, they make love in the water at the end. Mm-hmm. That is heartwarming. I, it's all the all, boobs, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, sort of redeeming. I don't know. You, you know, the whole thing is built basically like the love interest Barbie is that they're like, here's the piece, here's the piece, here's the piece, here's the piece. But they don't really bother to link any of the pieces. Right. They don't do any of the work to connect anything. Mm-hmm. It's just the whole thing as well because. Because we said so. Yeah, well, let's get back to the sex scene, though, because I just want to say that, like, okay, first of all, you wouldn't just, like, have penetrative sex, like, right off the bat. They barely kiss, and then he's like, I'm entering you now, like, against, a like, a brick wall or whatever. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) It's so silly, but I... I did laugh because it is it is like so 80s her facial expressions cracked uh me up that is what what I thought was so funny is she was like this is great I read (laughs) I read some article like she's married to Mitch Glazer I think I mean her husband is I mean she's rich but her husband is also like extremely rich and I guess they're friends with Bill Murray. And anytime this comes up on, like, you know, whatever, <laughs> they're like, they'll text him and be like, Patrick Swayze is fucking your wife. Right <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like it used to be on TBS a lot. Yeah, I I think so. Which How is, could this be on network TV? Or How could you possibly edit it? Yeah. Or it was on, Highly like, edited. HBO and I had HBO, no yeah. filter, so. Yeah, no, yeah, but I, but no, I do feel like it was on like a cable ish station, like a you know basic cable station. It was like thirty and, minutes on cable or on yeah, yeah what? TV. No. Not really. I'm just saying if they cut so everything out. down. Yeah, but it, but I do agree. I was like, it is silly violent. You know, it's sort of like comedically violent in that it is so violent. But the noises are like Jesus Christ! Like I had to turn it down. Yeah. I was like, this is so loud. It was exaggerated. The bar sure. fights were absurd. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I the, mean, st- the stage fighting is absolutely ludicrous. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want to fight someone using a pool cue as a weapon? <laughs> I mean, I do. But I just would like it to be that the guy doesn't drop before the stick connects. <laughs> sure. I can't imagine a bar where, like, the the musical guests get assaulted with, like, broken glass on a nightly basis and they continue to show up. Andy's like, blind, so he can't even, like, dodge it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think so. It's like <clears throat> Dave always, like, there'll be bars in Boston where I'm like, ooh, let's go there. And he calls them, I think he calls it like a bucket of blood or ooh. something. That's like uh. all of these bars. <laughs> like, he's like, we're not going there. Uh, to be fair, you end up in Quincy a lot for some I reason. I do. There's that one, Bobby, that's like in, in like, South, it's like in Dorchester, the I- eerie pub. And I'm like, let's go there. And Dave's like, no, we're not going there. Like, I excuse, want to. Excuse me, like, a, a bar in where? What's it called now? <laughs> da- Dodchester. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That. And it's called the eerie pub. And he's like, that is where you can't go there. You're not allowed to go there. I'm like, I want to. And I think they sell like hot dogs and, you know, but like the building says men's bar on it in giant letters. <laughs> what makes you think you can go there? <laughs> it's not. So I think it's be quite the, the hit. <laughs> Oh, but no, I'm glad I finally Speaking of, that's it. foreshadowing to Gone Girl. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. But first, no. We can't jump ahead. Should we move on to... Yeah, let's. All, I just, I know I, I disappeared for a moment there. Um, but, Don't worry, uh, we were talking about the sex scene, mm-hmm. so... <laughs> Sex scene's fucking hot. I, this is one of <laughs> we my... were all like, that's so unrealistic. And the dude is like, yes. <laughs> oh, it is. But, I mean... Uh, of of sex scenes captured on film, aren't most unrealistic? Um, totally. Yes. I At just, least you uh, got the Gone Girl one was, was pretty realistic. The one with the boots on? <laughs> no, the, the final one. Oh. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I'll get there. I just wanted to say for one last time that this is one of my favorite movies, Roadhouse. So <laughs> it really is because it's so fucking ridiculous. Uh, oh. But that, that monologue that Dalton gives when he's first in the bar... Uh, nice. about yeah be, be nice. nice until it's time not yeah. to be nice it's good advice that's yeah, bobby's good personal yeah. philosophy be yeah. nice yeah. until it's time not to be nice yeah. um, jeremy thinks that he wants to become a cooler for his employment so he's like oh. <laughs> he's like be good interesting. Interesting. and i said he said i need some training i you know do go body to Elliot, man. and i said he's gotta I think get a degree learn... from nyu yeah exactly i said i think he needs to learn to not um, blow up at people he needs the nice part mm. yeah he's yep. gotta be yeah. yep. very calm and only drink well he's got the coffee part yeah. down mm-hmm. don't never drinks booze no. he only drinks yep. coffee so he can stay alert mm-hmm. yeah. i can't decide if jeremy would be really good or really bad yeah. as a cooler <laughs> i think he would get so bored like i, I think, think he'd walk off his <laughs> his uh, post <laughs> well Let's move on then to a slightly kinder and gentler <laughs> yes. city in Missouri, Missouri, which they Missouri. do say throughout mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, let's go visit Blaine, Missouri, yes. in Waiting for Guffman from Nibali. <laughs> I'm mad I watched this one first. I, I w- wish I had rethought the order because I needed a brain cleanser. Uh, yeah yeah most of these yeah um i i think we probably barely got the decision made on the states when i was like i pick up it (laughs) (laughs) i elbowed you out of the way so fucking fast bobby so yeah guffman then roadhouse then true grit was my order of operations (laughs) capote was a good pull so that would have also been fine yep and then um, there's Gone Girl, but anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, we'll I feel there. like I feel like this is a movie that most of the people who 
would be friends with us and listen to us and have our sensibilities would probably have seen. True. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I honestly don't know. I'm sure there's whole huge swaths of the population that have never heard of this movie, but it seems like among our sort of set of people, um, this is a mid-90s touchstone, and it is the story of the Blaine community players who, in celebration of the city's sesquicentennial, are um, performing... I don't know why that's funny, but it is. <laughs> Uh, now remember we're worried about security at this so we're suggesting that we have riflemen on the (laughs) roof in three separate places um so in honor of this esquicentennial the blaine community players are performing this original musical called red white and blaine that details the history of the town the founding the the economic growth the uh, meetings with other cultures that they experience throughout the years. And it is led by uh, Corky St. Clair, who is a Broadway professional who has come back to Blaine and uh, is perhaps using this as a springboard to vault himself back into the bright lights of Broadway, as well as uh, um, on the backs of some very talented community actors uh, Ron and Sheila P- uh, Perlman, <laughs> who are travel agents, and Dr. Alan Pearl, who is the funny dentist, and Livy Mae Brown, who uh, works at the DQ. <laughs> say it, Hillary, say it. Come in for a Coke if you're thirsty. <laughs> and, and some other I mean, it's really a who's who of weird improvisatory comic actors in yeah. this because it's been a while since I rewatched and I was like I, I remembered you know Bob Balaban has our second Balaban sighting ba- <laughs> yeah. Balastravaganza Balabantastic um, yeah but I did not remember that David Cross was in this and yep. there's a whole bunch of other like second city alum yep um Michael cred- Hitchcock is my favorite. Oh, but, I yeah. love, love Michael him. Hitchcock I in this love movie. Him. He's the Corky Stan. <laughs> he totally <laughs> is. <laughs> and, and the whole movie is them striving to put on this uh, play, and they have been told that the Oppenheim Foundation, <laughs> question mark, yeah. is sending mm-hmm. a Mr. Mort Guffman down to see the play, and if he likes it, it could go to Broadway, which on the face of it is like how any of them believe that for one oh. second um, is the biggest stretch in the movie. Um, they, they do. They believe in Corky. Oh. He is visionary leader. So like beyond that, I don't know how to talk about this movie except to say, and then remember this part and then remember this part and then remember yeah. this part. <laughs> um, okay. The, what I'll say that I always, I think about in this movie when I'm watching it, that I think that I feel really bad for Bob Balaban because he's right almost all of the time, mm-hmm. even though quirky is the heart. I'm also surprised that um, it's, I mean, this is like not nitpicky, but it's like little parts that the Arquette dad, who's the narrator, 
he's a really good narrator compared to the rest of the actors. And also the orchestra is really the good. orchestra I, is yeah. really <laughs> decent. I've always noticed that. I'm like, they're so good. Did Where they did they that? find them? Well, the orchestra is on a, like two levels up from the acting. <laughs> yes. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the movie acting, but the musical acting of the the Blaine community players. I, I think... The, the reason that this um, movie is so captivating, beyond the sort of sweetness and decency yes. that it has, it's it's making fun, but it's not really – it is making fun of these people. I don't know, but it's so warm towards them. And the thing is, they are all such wacky caricatures, but if you've ever been involved with community theater – you know these people. That is who they are. Mm-hmm. Yes. It rings so true. Like the um, Ron and Sheila who are just like a little <laughs> too involved. A, like a when little he says, too when they say, Oh, strike. Yeah, we've, we've been involved. No. Like we've done we this before. <laughs> and they come in kid. with their little routine, the song and dance all rehearsed. Um, yeah, they've they've done it a little bit too much or... Or uh, like Eugene Levy is the dentist who's like always secretly yearned to be a performer. <laughs> the classic, I was not the class clown, but I sat next to him. Right. Kind of guy. I And then the um, you mentioned Bob Balaban, who is kind of the voice of reason, who actually really knows what needs to be done. Yeah. Like he's the one who actually has the experience directing and who understands how to put on a production. And this sort of these power struggle that he is constantly involved in with Corky over trying to do things the right way. And the so when Corky goes to the city council and asks for $100,000 uh, to make his vision come true, and they're like, but Corky, $15,000 is our budget for the whole year for everything. And that includes the pools. I, and then, I believe you know, that includes swimming. Yes. And, and Corky quits in a huff. You know, he can't work under these conditions. And then Bob Balaban comes in, and he's so like quiet and restrained and reasonable and firm. But you can tell there is this shit-eating grin just mm-hmm. underneath that surface, the, like the I won thing that he's trying not to let out. And then, you know, he gets screwed in the end. As always happens, they will go for the mm-hmm. flash yeah. over the sure thing. But I, I – God – Everywhere you turn on this movie, it's just a little joke, either a character joke or a visual joke. Like when Corky goes to recruit the narrator, who took a correspondence (laughs) course to become a taxidermist, and he shows him the the gun rack that's made of deer hooves. (laughs) I can't. Like, how do they think of this stuff? It's so good. And I I regularly, one of my favorite quotes, it's such a little one, it's it's when Libby May goes, it's the day of the show, y'all. I say that, like, all the time. <laughs> it doesn't matter, really, the situation. It just, like, rings in my head. Yeah, like, the... The high humor that goes on, like before the show, the the frantic last touches, and then afterwards when everybody's just flying on the performance adrenaline, it's just so familiar to me. Yes. And I think that's why it really speaks to me so much because I did enough 
theater that yeah it's a real world even though it's utterly ridiculous, ridiculous in all of this well and it is such a like when you're in it and you're performing and it's so exciting when when um Eugene Levy's like, I feel like maybe I had made a mistake the rest of, you know, my, in my life because this is thrilling. You're like, it's so exciting and it's such an adrenaline rush and it, it is so fun to be and it's so dorky, but it's so fun to be in like a troupe of actors. Yep, it is. It's so much fun mm-hmm. and you can't do it and be cool. No, it's just not. No. A you give that up. Thing. It's a good ego check. <laughs> yep. I mean, even in the, begin- the beginning, early rehearsals where they're doing all this dumb, like, movement and vocalization. <laughs> oh, it's so, so cringy. It's true, though. I mean, that's yep. exactly what happens. <laughs> that's how it goes. But I want to give, I think, a shout out to Catherine O'Hara, who is the so sort good. of unsung hero <laughs> of this all, as being married to Fred Willard and subject to sort of his constant correction and instruction. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she's Notes. Like, all right. Yeah. And she has those something about Mary Bangs <laughs> yeah. that are just more and more ridiculous in every scene. And then there's the... Um, the dinner at the Chinese restaurant where she gets so drunk and she goes, what's it like to be with a circumcised man? Oh, my God. Uh, oh God. It's so, so when she says, stew, like when she comes in. Stew. Like, <laughs> working. Uh, running. Sam. Never stopping. Never sleeping. Sam had never seen this. And oh my I god! Had, and you still if, married her? If I had known, if I had realized that, well, she loves Best in Show, and so it just didn't occur to me that she hadn't, you know, gone into that the rest of that that corner of cinema. And so we corrected that last night. Um, and when Catherine O'Hara says he's teaching me to change my instincts or at least ignore them, <laughs> <laughs> the loudest laugh all night. <laughs> It just is, you know, and it's another like slim, you know, lean movie. And I'm like, God, it goes by so fast. And all of a sudden you're at the show. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I, you know, it just is one of those ones. It's like you can have it on in the background almost. It's like a balm a little bit. And I just love it. It was one of those movies in college. I don't think I, I definitely didn't see it in the theater, but it, you know, somebody got me hooked on it in college and we would just have it on in the background. It was just the, one of those movies that would we would just put on if we were all hanging out together and watch it. Just came in for a Coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a few more observations, disjointed observations that I wanted to make is that it took me the longest time to figure it out. But I mean, we haven't talked about Christopher Guest uh, in, in this very much. And the original story was that the character of Corky was not in very much of the movie until they showed it to test audiences who fell over themselves laughing at him so much that they were like, you gotta, you know, get this guy more in the movie. And I was, and he is just lovable and totally out to lunch. But I, it took me the longest time to put my finger on it. I, his voice is like gay Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. Would, yeah. Totally. Put it, he's got that nice sing-song, gentle, but mm. I mean, the stereotypes are not super subtle. No, no. In this, but but yet he's a very heroic character fighting for his 
yeah. his, his art. Uh, we didn't mention that the orchestra is so much better, and I, I and then it has any right to be. I mean, in a town like that, Bobby, you can attest to this. I'm sure. Sometimes you just like, how do they all have tuxes that look right. so good? <laughs> right. You know, it's not it's not possible. Well, that... maybe it was part of the costuming, maybe because there's a lot of fair amount of costumes for the show. So maybe they just rolled that in. It's a weird little orchestra. Um, and I think that's part of the joke is that there's more music, way more music coming from that little pit than could possibly be coming <laughs> from that little pit. Oh, Especially the... the moment when the trumpets just jam yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. And uh, the trumpeter slash timpanist. Yes. Yes. The he's, trumpet playing, he's playing the trumpet with one hand and the timpani <laughs> with the other. It's yeah, sure. the best. Yeah. Um, so, but, oh, I, the other thing I wanted to say about the music is the orchestration is pretty it's good. good. Yes. Like, the overture, it's listenable music. The songs in the musical are another story because they were written by Christopher Guest, uh, Michael McKean, and Harry Shearer. I mean, right. no surprise there. And, of course, they're deliberately bad, although Penny for Your Thoughts has a really pretty melody <laughs> to it. Are you <laughs> when, judging? He points his, when he points his little toe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the ja- well, Parker Posey has a very good leg, yeah. as they say in her ballet slipper mm-hmm. on that. But but the music is, I'm like, well, this is, you know, this is a nice orchestration of this music. It mm-hmm. sounds pretty good. It's Down good enough to root for dreams. them. <laughs> I mean, even Nothing Ever Happens on Mars is great. <laughs> Gets a big laugh. Yeah. And the best thing is that the audience loves it. Oh, Michael mm-hmm. Hitchcock's face, like, um, like tear. Like, Corky! Oh. Corky! <laughs> he loves him so much. And he's not allowed to try out. Oh, no, guy. because he has to do inventory at the pharmacy. And, <laughs> and Corky won't let him audition at any other time. That's just how it goes I mean, in show business, Hillary. have to keep to the schedule. There's little ones like where that old man comes in to try out and he's doing like taxi driver or whatever and Courtney's <laughs> face is so <laughs> perfect his eyes are just like bulging out just like with every Christopher Guest movie I want to see the original script and what was improv yeah yeah I mean Chris from what I understand they like sketch out what has to happen yeah. but then it's largely kind of improv yeah they like get their character development or you know, this is who your character is now. Come up with it or whatever, and like, right. this is what has to happen in this scene. But say whatever you want. Get their right. How do how do they get to? I hate you and I hate your ass face. <laughs> right. <laughs> Was that written? Like that's those are the things that I need to know. Or when she does the like, I'm gonna try a more subtle kind of acting where I I when I'm looking at you, I close my eyes. When I look away, I open my eyes. <laughs> I'm sure that they all these actors heard these in acting classes, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. There's like a wealth of material to draw from in there. And, and I think that's the reason that I like this better than Best in Show. I haven't seen all of that. Like, I didn't see A Mighty Wind. I think I was very interested in folk yeah. music. But Best in Show is kind of mean sometimes like yeah. it gives me anxiety when michael hitchcock and parker posey are fighting oh, over yes, the dog so I'm, much i'm like it like gives me the bad feelings mm-hmm. but guffman is just so sweet and at its core so loving to all these people 
that it makes it just a pleasure to watch. Agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yep. Thank you for making me watch it again because I was happy mm-hmm. too. All right, should we move on to a downer? A downer of a yeah. our final. Um, my pick is Gone Girl. Um, also taking place in Missouri. Missouri. Misery. This is misery. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Um, okay, wait. I want to poll. Who had read the book? Me. I did. Me. Me. Yeah. Uh, I read the first 20 pages. <laughs> that counts. I, yeah. I didn't attempt. Um, <laughs> okay, I read the book whenever it was like the book to read. Oh. I, don't, what, what, I don't even, you know, I should have looked at that. I didn't even remember when it came out. Twenty. 11 or something anyway I read that book so like seeing this movie I was sort of excited to see it because you know it was an exciting and you knew what read. was gonna happen yeah I knew it was gonna happen um anyway um and you know I as as previously mentioned on this show I I'm not like a Fincher completist at all but I you know I loved uh, the social network. So I was like, Oh, like mm-hmm. that's interesting. What I do think is interesting about the production of this movie. It's was produced by, um, Reese Witherspoon's production company and she wanted to play Amy and she hired Fincher oh, or wow. whatever. And he was like, no, you can't. You're not going to play her. That's not, she's too relatable to no. play. Amy. Way too relatable. Oh yeah. You it have to have be terrible like, also. Yeah. Yeah. You, and we have two. The thing about Rosamund Pike is that like, I mean, I had seen her in Pride and Prejudice, but that was really the only time I had ever seen her before in anything substantial. So like I didn't have anything. She was good for this. Like, and she, while she is English, she has a very like, um, Hitchcockian kind of, she's terrifying. Um, Just say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's a, yes. there's a, like an inscrutability to yes. her yes. that serves the character. Whereas I can't make up my mind about Ben Affleck because yes. I feel like he's kind of too big a star to convincingly play the character. But on the other hand, I do want to punch his face the minute well, I see him. I actually think, okay, so I, I mean, I feel like everybody kind of knows the plot of Gone Girl, so I'm not really going to go over it. It's about oh, Amy goes missing, um, Nick is her husband, they suspect that it's him, and then, I don't know, spoiler alert, she's like faked her own death or missing and... As a way of punishing him because he didn't love her in the right way. And was cheating. Yeah. Love that too. Yeah. Didn't live up to uh, her standards of what um, she expected out of him. Um, And anyway, I, I, and they're both like terrible, terrible, terrible Uh people that sort of deserve each other at the end. Um, It's so funny with this movie because I, um, I actually, I think that it's sort of a perfect Ben Affleck role because it's kind of what we think of. Right. Him. Like you kind of like part of me is like, Oh, Ben Affleck. Like, you know, he's this floppy haired dummy. You know, yeah. But then a part of me is like, Oh, you know, he's there's, such a fucking bastard. Like he's such an asshole. Simmering yes, under. <laughs> yes. Um, but um, anyway, and, and watching. Okay. So for when I read the book, really the, the takeaway from the book, the thing that I remember the most was the cool girl speech. Like it is the speech. Absolutely. And it is the thing that like, it, it is, it is a great monologue. Like it is a great, great speech that she gives because every woman has felt that like, I, you know, I have to be, I, I, I'm not going to read it, but it's basically like you have to fit into be up for anal sex, be up for threesomes, and also be a size two at the same time. Yeah, and, you eat know, burgers, have a size two, don't beer, care if he wants yeah. to go to the basketball game, mm-hmm. not have any expectations that you 
ask him to do anything just to be sort of willing and game at all All times for anything. Yeah. And so that's the part that you're like, yeah, Amy, like you are the protagonist of this movie and I hear you. But at the same time, like she is like a, psychopath yeah. i had yeah. to say she takes it a her. little at first oh, oh yeah like, totally. as somebody who was totally new to the story i kind of knew the storyline mm-hmm. of course because everybody does but like i didn't know the details and i at first i was like oh yeah okay like i get why she would want to want to escape this life and this isn't the way but like yeah she's been done wrong for sure it's yeah it's really it's i think it's a story about female rage yes mm-hmm. and one of the reasons that the book became such a hit was it something that hadn't quite been expressed yeah that way before that kind of relationship rage or the you know the the bargain that women are supposed to uphold and here was a woman who burned all that to the ground yeah that's for sure who exacted her revengeance in a really awful disgusting way but it was so powerful that you know it it spoke to a lot of women i think yeah it's Okay, so what I what I noticed in this movie, and this is not like clean in every single partnership, but what I noticed in this movie is every male female partnership that happens in this movie, the woman is almost always way way smarter, but she has to sort of sublimate herself because the man is like more powerful. Mm-hmm. And by that I mean Amy and Nick, a, uh, Nick and Go, mm-hmm. and the um um. Uh, the detective and her partner yeah. like he's mm-hmm. constantly putting her down and she's like no that's not and then she kind of like buys he's into what wrong. he's <laughs> he's always wrong Patrick Fugit from Almost Famous who also has my birthday um, I do also love the, the Patrick uh, Fugit appearance I know I do too also those people um, that robbed her the woman was smarter. Yes, oh, the yeah, woman yeah, was yeah. Yes, the other one because she, she was, was like smart. Yeah, yeah, she was like yeah, she was she was really smart. And but it's like he, I don't know, she seemed to be like getting talked into stuff because she's trying to impress this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it is it's one of those movies that like it. It's not like I'm at like oh I'm really enjoying watching this. This is like so um, it's lovely or whatever. Like all of these people are so terrible and it is so dark. But um, but I, I thought about it a lot, and I, I found this quote in The New Yorker, it, and it, it was doing a big comparison between this and Fight Club, and like how this is sort of an updated Fight Club. Interesting. Not, not between, you know, men, but between couples, and it says, in Gone Girl, it's the mythos of coupledom, not the mythos of masculinity. That's oppressive. But the imagined solution is the same. We're so cute, I want to punch us in the face, Amy says. And it's like, we're trying oh, yeah. to be we're trying to fake our way into being this like perfect couple. And then it's like ultimately destroyed because you can't be a perfect couple. Cause you're two individuals that are like striving for different things most of the time. Um, anyway, I, it's not a, it's not a perfect movie. Um, I, but I do, I mean, it is, I'm it so is. glad we didn't have to break that to you. <laughs> no, no, but I do think it's a really interesting movie. And I do think that, I mean, it is very like it is Hitchcocking in a way where it's like mannered. Um, you know, nobody's playing like a real person, and especially Rosamund Pike. Like she is, she is the um, the Hitchcock blonde in this, and she's like very stony and weird and scary. And uh, I don't know, why, but anyway, 
I, I, I find this, I mean, we talked about Waiting for Guffman. That was lovely. That is by far the outlier of all of these movies because all of these movies, as we sort of talked about, are so violent <laughs> that I was like, so many is the Midwest split? Slip. I mean, yes. So, and I forgot how violent the death is in this movie. Yeah. I was like, oh, it was another my one. God. Though another one that I had to totally like turn uh-huh. my face. I was like, oh my god, because I, I knew it was coming, and I was like, oh god, oh god. And the god. sound. Oh, and Dave's like, yeah, you can't kill Neil Patrick Harris. He's he's a like American treasure. You can't kill him, and that's why this sort of like. Ugh. You know, the problem I had, so this is the first note that I took on this movie, was after she kills Neil Patrick Harris in bed. They're having sex, right? That's the whole conceit. She's got her underwear on still. Oh, yeah. And I was like, she could have just pulled it to the side. Come on now. No, no, no. Well, I mean, let's talk about Neil Patrick Harris for a minute. Because I didn't think he was very good. No. In this movie, I think he didn't understand the character, I can see why they picked him because he's supposed to be this very kind of, I don't know, upper crust yeah. and very sort of, um, I don't even know how to describe him. Um, I don't know. Somebody help me out. Like, like, like a strange savior type. Or... I mean, you know, he was the, the, the impression I got was like, oh, okay. Now she's just under somebody else's thumb. Right. Right. He, yes. he had, uh, expectations of her he right. kept saying let's get you back to yourself yeah yes. there's a gym when, yeah right yeah, yeah. when she when she left nick she was like i'm gonna buy like a giant bag of crap to eat i love when she's just eating candy in the car yeah yep she's like for once i can do and he's like oh let's let's dye your hair back to the right color we make you you again so yeah it was just a different kind of uh, uh control and he was definitely sinister and creepy like there may have been some truth to him being obsessed with her in a very unhealthy way but i don't know i thought he just didn't he's so he was Patrick right. Harris. like it's, yeah. almost, it's almost because like with rosamund pike she is sort of this blank slate a little bit that you almost needed somebody that was yeah not not doogie or not yeah there was like, some kind of evil under his skin too oh, oh. no Doogie's, there is <laughs> neil patrick yes. harris's yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you kidding? Just the way he insulted Rachel Bloom. Right? I hate oh, that. Yeah, ever. Exactly. Forever on him because of that. Exactly. He's dead to me. Yeah. But but I was I was like, is it because I know he's gay that I don't buy him in this role? But I'd like to I think, think that, that I'm better than that. To do with it, really. I just, just don't think he did it very well. No. Well, they kind of didn't give too much backstory. It was like, oh, yeah, she kept this letter or her ex-boyfriend sends letters. But we didn't know because he, he alluded to... Oh well, I was I was your pet. I was your on a leash. You kept me on a leash. So, what was their relationship like before? We got the whole backstory of the guy she um, tricked into seeing the other guy she yeah. framed. Yeah. 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 So, like, what was their story? If he's been writing her letters for years, like- I mean, if they were in high school, I would say it was toxic. But she was just starting out, so yeah. she wasn't mm-hmm. getting into the accusations of rape and faking one's Murder. own yeah. sort of yeah. sort of things um can we also talk about tyler perry 
I don't know what to think about well, Tyler Perry. I mean, I definitely, I'm not really a Tyler Perry fan. I thought maybe this is his, probably his best role because mm-hmm. I was like, well, he's sort of entertaining. Yeah. It's supposed to be like Johnny Cochran yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like he's he playing a well. totally normal person. Well. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, but I think his, the well, that's Tyler Perry really yeah. did mm-hmm. get yes. in the way yes. on that yeah. one. Yeah. You couldn't not think about it. Same with Neil Patrick Harris. It was just like, oh, that's that's NPH like the whole Doogie, time. Doogie, what are you doing? Yeah, Doogie, <laughs> stop. Don't. Yeah. I mean, I th- I feel like all of us are sort of like the go in this. Like, what the fuck yes. are you doing? Yeah. What the fuck yeah. are you doing? Like, I'll support you because you're my brother or whatever. And I guess I believe that you didn't do this, but you're a fucking this idiot. Fucked up. I know. Yeah. When he you know fucks Emily Ratajkowski which is so weird Emily Ratajkowski is doing the rounds right now because she wrote like a book of essays yep. and I like watch this then listen to an interview with Emily oh. Ratajkowski and I'm like I'm <laughs> so confused I just saw your nipples what's going on <laughs> I love the actresses that played the cop um and the sister they're great oh, yeah. Um, yeah 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 uh, Kim Dickens and Carrie Coon yeah, 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 yeah I think yeah, they're yeah. both great yeah they're very great I- I'll say I think this is more successful as a book Yes. I remember it. Yeah. The book was so exciting when you were reading it. I mean, it. the first part of the book, the first section where Nick is the narrator, really does a good job of drawing you in. And I know that I felt really sympathetic to him. Yes. And then when you, like, flip the script and you, you, you know, find out that he's been cheating on her and he's essentially an, an asshat. Yeah. Then I, then I felt, like, really betrayed. Like, what is going on? And I felt very... Uh, like Meredith said, you can see that Amy has a point, even yeah. if she went about um, resolving it in a really weird way. But then she turns out to be so terrible. Right. So it's yeah. like way this worse. turn <laughs> where you're like, he's a bad person. She's a bad person. Oh, he's an even worse person. She's a super bad person. Well, maybe <laughs> She's a murderer. Yeah. It's just escalation of anyway, people. Yeah. 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 So it was very suspenseful in that. And I don't know if it was just I had read the book, but, yeah. you know, from the get-go – um, Nick just seemed like I don't know. It's such a tool the whole yeah. time. Yes, God. When she sees him, and you know, however much is real, but when she sees him kiss, um, Emily Radikowski, whatever the girl's name is, um, and he wipes away the snow or whatever yeah. from her <laughs> lips. I mean, it's like, oh, this is your move, and oh, I thought he's it got was so script. charming. Yeah. Um, I she fell for it. Yeah. Some other things that I was thinking about, and this was a little bit more impactful when I read the book because we were closer to the time, but like the recession parts of it were really yeah. played up yeah. in the book. And, and, you know, you see it, this big house where like, and, but there's like this huge homeless population because nobody can get a job here. Everyone's getting like, evicted. And yes. Yeah. And it just like creates this really dark, uh, kind of like people are living on these houses that they're probably underwater in. And yeah, it just is sort of like, it's, yeah, just dark. It's just like the dark underbelly of America, sort of. Yeah. And interesting to watch them transition for, I mean, whatever their nice apartment was in New York. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And then to go to this sort of McMansion-y house in Missouri that felt so, like, I don't know, prefab and yeah. ugly yeah. Yeah. and whatever. Very and, you know, so. I'm sure they bought it for, like, half of Well, what they were the renting it. They didn't even was. own it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then buying a bar and... And bar. that's that was definitely the move to Missouri was, I th- well no I was gonna say that was the beginning of the trouble between them but it wasn't no it was no. when he lost the job and 
stayed and played video games on the couch instead of doing any kind of hustling. And she gave all her trust fund to her parents. Do you hear me, men? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, what? Nothing wrong with playing video games on the couch, but if you have no job, perhaps you should... Be looking for split your time. Yeah. What's the laptop for? Laptoping. Laptoping. <laughs> I did. I didn't even realize that. Um, I guess I. It didn't even ring true to me that she writes basically for a women's magazine and he writes for a yep. men's magazine. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other sort of um, avenues of uh, fantasy uh, gender roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I. I like. I had a couple of notes from Amy's voiceover. One where she said we were happy pretending to be other people. Yes. Yeah. Which really some. And then later on she says he actually expected me to love him unconditionally. <laughs> yeah, I know that was like heart wrenching. <laughs> like, oh no. And it's like yep. at the end, it's like this is what marriage is: is like making each other miserable. And that's like, yeah. <laughs> and I just I, get divorced, I think, man. You huh? I think she is a really interesting character because women for so long have not been allowed to be bad, bad yeah. actors yeah. like yeah. that. I mean, there's the whole Madonna or whore yeah. complex, but to be an evildoer is something. And, you know, who knows if she always had, you know, the devil was in her from the beginning or it sounds like she did not have a a, like a great childhood, a privileged childhood, but one where her every life stage was unfavorably compared to her parents fictional version version. of her yeah Yeah. Yeah. so she's already feeling like she has to um be a character in order to win their approval like she doesn't measure up just automatically because amazing amy does everything a little bit better than she does yep and so of course she goes into this relationship sort of feeling that that's what relationships are about is becoming what the other person expects of you to be and when he doesn't live up to those expectations she is just so she doesn't disappointed know what to do. in, like, in an outsized handling. way she's yeah. enraged by yeah. it he's broken the the covenant that they've signed to be the couple in the sugar snow yes like the the witty banter the... No, their banter is the first thing that I hated oh, about it's this. disgusting. Yeah, Ugh. no, it's, so it's gross. gross. Yeah. But, like, how many women, you know, have that same sort of awakening at some point in their life? It's like, oh, this is not what I was led to believe this was mm-hmm. going to be. Yep. How do I feel about that? Well, <laughs> Sam read this book years ago, and we're still married, and I'm not dead. You survived. You did it. That's um, true. It was their fifth wedding anniversary, yeah. and you have yeah. made it past that. You Bobby, did it. So. Yeah, they took the seven year itch and they just accelerated. <laughs> I made it to seven, and I didn't kill him. I just got divorced. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna give some brief honorable mentions for overacting, but made me laugh to um, my beloved Casey Wilson. Oh, she's oh, so yeah. poorly cast in this. Wow. <laughs> she's just corn poning it up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And Missy Pyle, who Dave thought for a second was Nancy Grace. I was like, no, not Nancy Grace. <laughs> I mean, she's totally over the top. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Nancy Grace but so is, is Nancy totally Grace. over the top. Yeah. yeah. It was really yeah. perfect. 
and, and my beloved Celia Ward. She's Cela, yeah. she good. What? On, why was Celia Ward not a megastar? I after don't know. The Fugitive? Oh, I'm sure she's very comfortable with her but millions of tiny roles that she said. God, but she's just—I mean, I know it doesn't matter, but she's just so beautiful, like yeah. up until this and very that, day. That she's low good. voice. Mm-hmm. She's really kind of husky, and yeah. ugh, she's good in this movie. She is. I have two notes that I need to mention. First is the when she gets home. Um, I think it's the first night that she gets home and she has taken the shower. She gets into bed with a robe and a towel <laughs> on her head still uh-huh. and like tucks herself into bed and is like, this is how sleep. I'm going to sleep. You don't sleep that way. I guess I guess I'm not I guess I'm the only one who doesn't do that. Um, she does that thing, a couple of times with the towel. Yeah, yeah, though. yeah. It's very weird. Um that's not a comfortable way to sleep. Um the other thing is I felt very protective of that cat the whole time. I was very concerned <laughs> mm-hmm. that one of these yeah. crazy people was gonna hurt the cat and I'm glad that he kept the cat in the spare room with him the night that she got home. Yeah. He was like, mm, I'm going to I'm like, this. I don't trust her. <laughs> I think other than Go, the cat was the only creature that Ben Affleck really yes. loved. Yeah. Yeah. He's the only good character in this whole movie. <laughs> the cat was the only good person. <laughs> yep. I did slow it down because there was rumors, but I couldn't. You really looked see. for the penis. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. I didn't really see. I mean, I saw like maybe like a. You can see it, but who gives a shit? <laughs> the shower scene, like yeah. there's a yeah, very brief the turn. Yeah, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I thought it's like, oh, I wonder. Well, well, just a cameo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the penis makes a brief appearance. <laughs> I could not be less interested in Ben Affleck's penis. He has put that thing yeah. in some places that Nothing. I don't agree with. I've seen well, so many boobs in this run of movies that it was like, well, maybe this will do. Yeah. yeah, maybe this will uh, balance out the boobs a little bit. It didn't. I'll send ben you the Ap- picture. I just found it. <laughs> uh, ben Affleck is currently shooting up the street from my office, and I keep kind of like peeking my head around but i haven't seen him yet i'll let you know and i'll check out the peen yeah while I'm at a picture it. of his dick <laughs> <laughs> i would rather see that back tattoo i know oh, same man. oh well this is a run of movies it is really violent out there man yeah yep. watch out missouri you guys yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> so the question of the week is what movie makes you think of oklahoma missouri or kansas I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of oh, Wizard so cool. of Oz or yeah. okay, All right. LA. All right. I, we're disqualifying those two. We're yeah. disqualifying oh. Oklahoma and the Wizard of Oz. We yeah. just are. Yeah. 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 We just are. It's too easy. Too obvious, yes. guys. Come on. Yeah. Think hard. So impress us. If you answer those movies, we'll know you didn't listen. Yeah. Yep. Oh, ah. shit. <laughs> Everybody, everybody, watch the Facebook trap. group and it's see who isn't and who doesn't. <laughs> uh, before we keep going into Tishi recommends, should we do a plug for the Tishi book club? Yes. Oh, yes. probably. Yeah. We picked the book for the book club. Uh, oh shit! I was gonna look back on our Facebook group and see <laughs> who recommended this because it was from when we solicited suggestions before the very first book club and i don't we didn't write down the names of who suggested what but we are going to read uh shit i didn't write the author down either wait go what a close slack 
Somebody else get the name for me. We're going to read The Midnight Library by... Matt I'm looking Haig. in my lips. Matt Haig. Okay, that was go. the first name I couldn't get. <laughs> um, it sounds really great, and I remember reading some reviews of it when it came out. So we are going to uh, tentatively discuss that on our show that comes out December 6th. So you have three weeks to read The Midnight Library. Or listen, it's on my Libby app, so hopefully it's on yours too. You may not I to tried to it. get it on the Libby app. I do, I'm not an audiobook person. I just prefer to read for whatever reason, and well, it told me I would have to wait for 15 weeks. Oh, so I said, yeah. well, I apparently said, nobody I'm in Detroit it. knows about this book because the Detroit Public Library has lots of copies. Oh, well, I should <laughs> just get a Detroit Library card really quick because yeah. it's not available in the Libby app either on my Boston card or my Albany card, so... Yeah. I just bought it. Actually, the audiobook was available on Libby on one of them. So I could do that. Well, I'm excited. Me too. too. Uh, It's it's time for Tishi Recommends, and it looks like I'm the only one recommending something this week. Is a show on Netflix called Colin in Black and White. It's the story, it's um, Colin Kaepernick um, telling the story of growing up um, black in the Midwest to two white parents. I didn't realize that he had two white parents and that he was adopted. I I knew very little about him before this. Um, so it's so well done. He like, they show of like racist things that happened to him as a kid. And then he like stops, like it pauses. And then he like says, I didn't know that this, like you had to be white or like you had to have the white man seal of approval. It's so good and so well done. Highly recommend. I think there's maybe six episodes. Cool. Yeah. And his parents are um, Nick. Offerman. Yep. And uh, who's the mom? Lady from Weeds. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's uh, Mary Louise yes. Parker. Oh, <laughs> yes. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. not in real life. Well, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. That would be really interesting. Yeah. And, um, cool. Yeah, I had that no idea awesome. that he was, like, super baseball player, too. And, yeah, so it's very... Very good. We're watching it as a cool. family. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Get involved. The website is thisshowhaseverything.com. You can also use throwyourphone.com, please. But say nice things. But no, you can critique us. That's fine. Um, the, join the Facebook group if you are so inclined. It is really fun and even lovely when people uh, participate when we're late with the question of the week. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, the show Twitter is at Show. Email us, tishi at 10710.com. Send us a voice memo, just like Justina did a couple weeks ago. It's lovely. I love hearing your voices. Um, Fax Bobby your butt or, like, your crime strategy at 617-354-8513. Bobby will give you an alibi. Yeah. If you need one. Oh, absolutely. Well, if you you pay. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) This is how you become a business tycoon. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for joining us, y'all. And that was pretty much everything about it, what, whatever region, Oklahoma. Cr- Kristen. It was Kristen Riker Head. I just finished reading Midnight Library, and I really enjoyed it. It's a little magical realism, and it's shortish, so you can probably read it pretty quickly. Thank you, Kristen. Thank, Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Kristen. <laughs> and that was everything. She's like the wind 
through my tree. She rides the night next to me. She leads me through moonlight, only to burn me with the sun. She's taking my heart, but she doesn't know what she's done. Feel the breath in my face, her body close to me. Can't look in her eyes. I don't know. I have about a thousand more. And remember when they? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then. Oh my God, Corky's hip hop dancing. <laughs> oh, my dinner with Andre. Another Wallace Shawn connection. Yeah. Wallace Shawn is just everywhere. <laughs>